welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. We have Ali Moreno, Stevie Nicol and myself, Kay Murray, here in the studio on what is the first day without World Cup football in what feels like forever. But worry not, there is still a lot to look forward to with those big-name quarterfinals coming up. We've also got Stuart Robson with us and outside the Portugal team hotel in Qatar is Alexis Nunes. And that's exactly where we will be starting tonight with all the talk from the Portugal camp after booking their spot in the quarterfinals. It was a super showing from 21-year-old Gonzalo Ramos, wasn't it? A hat-trick and an assist on his first start in the World Cup. Portuguese media understandably swooning over the youngster. Anyway, when asked about Cristiano Ronaldo, the man he replaced in the starting 11 being benched, Fernando Santos, the Portugal manager, said, there is no problem with our captain. We've been friends for years. We spoke before the game and he had no issue with my decision. He's an example. Oh. Ronaldo himself took to Instagram to say, incredible day for Portugal with a historic result in the biggest competition in world football, luxury exhibition of a team full of talent and youth, a that is to be congratulated. The dream is alive until the end. Strength Portugal. Now, Ale, we talked about this yesterday, the fact that he was benched by Fernando Santos. But Stevie, this is the first time we've seen you <laughs> since that happened. And I wonder if you were surprised by that decision. I was absolutely shocked. Shocked. And I think I'm even more shocked listening to what Santos says and listening to what Ronaldo says because... I mean, in some ways, what's the difference between Man United and Portugal? It's like, how dare you to Manchester United? How dare you treat me like this? How dare you ask me to come on as a sub? How dare you do this? How dare you disrespect me? How dare you? <laughs> but all of a sudden, it seems like, no, this is the best thing for the team. I understand it. I'm behind the team. I'm a supporter of the team now. And if I can get on and play, then that's even better. How is that? Po How can that be so two-sided for your international team and your club team? It makes no sense. Uh, Robbo, what are your thoughts on it? And how different are this Portugal side without him in the starting eleven? Well, first of all, we should be talking about Ramos and his three goals and the way Portugal play, because they're absolutely brilliant. And they looked a much better side without Ronaldo. They had more, uh, uh, had a better system in the front areas. They had players pressing the ball. They had players staying in their right position, players running off Ramos. It looked an, a totally different outfit. Uh, according, uh, when you go back to Stevie's comments, does he really believe what Ronaldo said in those comments there, that he was happy to be a substitute? <laughs> he was happy with the decision? I don't think he is. I think he had a little think about it. Uh, today after the game when he walked away from the from the other players and then changed his mind thought I'd better show some respect for the rest of my teammates and Portugal as a national side. Uh, but is this the right thing that they are doing both the coach and the player putting these statements out there LA? No of course everybody's saying the right things as to how Cristiano Ronaldo feels well we don't really know we have to judge Cristiano Ronaldo much more so by actions than whatever statement he puts out on Instagram or whatever social platform he decides to utilize. Yesterday, as the team was going to celebrate with their fans, Cristiano Ronaldo by himself started walking away into the locker room. Now, this is not me making this up. This is the action of Cristiano Ronaldo. So the team is celebrating. They're going to their fans. They're clapping. Everybody's together, and he's going the opposite direction. That sort of behavior is very similar to what we saw 
from Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United. But perhaps he has taken a step back. Perhaps he has seen the, the bigger picture. Perhaps he has seen the light. And he now understands that he has an important role to play with this team, but it's not going to be a starting role. There may be a moment in which they need a big goal from Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's not going to be from the beginning of the game. Because what we saw from Portugal yesterday, without Ronaldo on the field, and with everybody else, not only Gonzalo Ramos, but everybody else, and the attitude of the group as a whole was a team that was free, a team that was now more dynamic, that you weren't just looking for Ronaldo, that you weren't just looking to please somebody, you were looking for the right pass and the right movement. Everybody utilizing their own brains not, not his brain, their own brains to see the game, to react to the game, and make the decisions that made sense to them. Not that made decisions that uh, not made decisions that made sense to Cristiano Ronaldo and for Cristiano Ronaldo. This is why Portugal are better, because everybody now is playing at a different level, and Cristiano Ronaldo has to find a way to accept that. And still the reports are coming out. We've seen some reports today that Cristiano Ronaldo refused to train with the subs the day after this. We'd like to shed some light on the credibility of those reports. Alexis Nunes, as I mentioned, is outside the Portugal team hotel right now. What are you hearing there, Alexis? Yeah, okay, we're just in another city outside of Doha, pretty much about 40 minutes outside of Doha, right in front of the Portugal team hotel, which is pretty much a fortress. I mean, this is as close as we could get to it. We're in the parking lot, and why not? Because all eyes have been on Portugal after that massive win last night, and all eyes will continue to be on one man, Cristiano Ronaldo. Today is the first day that we've had without any games in this World Cup. It was supposed to be a chill day, but a lot of people flocked to that Portugal training today. And look, it wasn't a major training. It was just to keep the guys moving. The boys in studio will know what it's like. Those that were the starters yesterday, part of the starting 11, they did some work in the gym with resistance bands and whatnot. And then the rest of the subs that came on, they were out. They had their football boots on and they did train like that. Cristiano Ronaldo, who was a sub yesterday, as you know by now, was not a part of the subs. Instead, he chose to train with the boys inside the gym. He was seen using resistance bands. He didn't put on his football boots at any point. He stayed in his trainers and kind of kept things lightly. What we cannot confirm, though, we've spoken to a number of the journalists that were there, is whether it was his decision or not. So we cannot outright say that he refused to train with the subs or if that was just part of the plan. They did ask uh, the Portuguese media there if, you know, maybe he was carrying something, even though he didn't start yesterday. And the Portuguese FA rubbished that claim. They said, no, he's perfectly fine. But they didn't give any more details. Now, Portugal are set to have a media session, a press conference with Fernando Santos on Friday ahead of their quarterfinal match. No doubt a lot of those questions will be about Cristiano Ronaldo because everybody continues watching him under a magnifying glass. But for now, we cannot say that he refused to play or train with the subs. However, he did not take part on the pitch. Instead, he did all his work inside the gym. Just to let everybody know, when, when you have a player not just that good, but that old in your squad, whether it's a club team or an international side, when you have a player of 37 years of age, probably every day that there's going to be any sort of training, the manager, the coach, the fitness coach, whoever's in charge, will go to that player and say, how are you feeling today? Should you do a bit today? Should you leave it? Should you do a bit of stretching? So it shouldn't be a surprise that... Every day for Ronaldo is different. This is this has got nothing to do with the stuff we've been talking about. I don't think this is about 
what's best for the player, which ultimately is going to be best for the squad if he's to be brought on in a game. So they're making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm just saying that players of that age are dealt a little differently than, than any other player. Right. Well, Cristiano Ronaldo has actually distanced himself from reports of him going to the Saudi Arabian side, Al Nasser, for what would be an exorbitant fee, Ali. Where do you think he should go? Major League Soccer, baby. <laughs> Come on down. If Cristiano Ronaldo wants to make a move that is outside of Europe, because seemingly the moves in Europe are no longer available to him, certainly at the salary that he would command. Come to Major League Soccer, because anything and everything that you would want will be made available to you on your terms. Except the money. Never mind that, Stevie. Uh, no, no, that's unfortunately... The, the, that, unfortunately, I think is the most important bit for him. Well, but well, here, what's, here, what's, here's what's what I would important? say. Here's what I would say. On the field, yes, the money will not be what it could be in other places. Right. Off the field, that money will be available to him on all sorts of different outlets that have nothing to do with his performance on the field for any major league soccer yeah. team. Yeah, and who, who's even offering what this Saudi Arabian side are offering, Stevie? So it does show that he still wants to achieve what he can Well, he needs it, doesn't he? he? needs to make sure he tops up his uh, pension, right? <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. Yeah. Uh, Robert, what are your thoughts on it about Cristiano Ronaldo? Does he still have a lot to offer at the top? He has a lot to offer in the MLS, and I absolutely agree with Ali. If he goes to one of the top sides in Europe, he'll still have the same problems. The manager, after three or four games, will say, I'm not sure that he can do this, and I'm not sure he can do that. He's not standing in the position I'm asking him to play in. Then when I, make, when I take him off, he, gets a, he has a sulk. If he goes to an MLS club, he will be the star player. He'll be able to dictate the terms of where he plays and when he plays, and it will be the right place for him. And he'll probably have another good couple of years and be a, a brilliant signing for any MLS club. We're just going to take a look at the World Cup odds because I feel as though that performance that we saw from Portugal against Switzerland has changed things a little bit. They are now tied for third with Argentina and England, third favourites that is, behind Brazil and France. But there's a big feeling now and a big question as to whether they can go on and win it all. What's the feeling out there, Alexis? Confidence has got to be high after what we saw yesterday. Yeah, Kate, you're absolutely right. I think that after yesterday's performance and that massive win over Switzerland, I think it's got a lot of fans questioning their brackets and their predictions. Even a couple of our journalists over here in the media center that probably did not have Portugal going as far as they now look they can go, really and truly. And I thought that that win over Switzerland was the perfect statement win to kind of calm down some of the news headlines that really have plagued this Portugal camp since the very first day of this World Cup that always just had to do with Cristiano Ronaldo right after his interview that ultimately sealed his fate at Manchester United. Then this appending big money move to Saudi Arabia or not. And then, of course, all his off-the-field antics as well. But now everyone kind of woke up and looked at that Portuguese team and is now saying, hang on. They play like a team, but they've also got some stars. They're playing with confidence and they look like they could be the real deal. You know, we were speaking to our Pablo Sabaleta, who I think had them in the final with Argentina. And a lot of the guys here were like, oh, Pablo, come on. And now he walked in on the set yesterday and everyone was like, Pablo, I think you're 
onto something and he even secretly said that they are looking a bit more impressive than Argentina and if he were to choose right now he probably would go to Portugal um, because they really look impressive they look like a team they're full of some really good players that everyone seems to like and now that match against Morocco I mean both sets of fans are celebrating in the streets nobody can compete with the Moroccan fans here in Doha I'll tell you that they have lined the streets but the Portuguese fans were out in their numbers as well and they are absolutely Absolutely high on confidence. Uh, Alexis, zero chance. To hear from you. Zero, hold on. A I'm second. laughing at Pablo Zero chance. Zero chance that Pablo Zabaleta is picking Portugal over Argentina. That's not happening. Yeah. Not he happening. didn't pick it. He didn't pick it, but we try to sway him that way. Ah. We try to sway him that way, and he, he started thinking, Ali. He started thinking. It's not as clear cut as he once thought. <laughs> yeah, that's a double bluff, that one from yeah. Pablo Zavaleta. Alexis, great to hear from you. We'll be catching up from you this week, no doubt, because we are available daily, 6 Eastern ESPNFC. Make sure to always catch us on ESPN+. Next up, we will turn our attentions to the side that are the favourites to lift the World Cup this year when we return. We will ask if 20 years on, Brazil can do it all over again. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. And Brazil's five World Cups still tops the all-time list, but their last one was way back in 2002. Since then, they've been knocked out three times in the quarters and once in the semis, which was that famous big loss, 7-1 to Germany on home turf in 2014. And I'm really sorry to be bringing that up because we do now welcome in ESPN's Brazilian journalist Gustavo Hoffman. Gustavo, it is great to have you with us listen 20 years on is this the best side we've seen for brazil since that 2002 team hello again kate it's a pleasure to be here with you well i think it is i think it is because uh, we can talk about the team uh, which played in the 2006 world cup that was a stellar team with Kaká, ronaldinho ronaldo roberto carlos but that was a group of players are very good players but that was not a really good team since then we had 2010 2014 2018 and now for sure we have a group of talented players and also a very strong team this team uh, has been consistent this been has two this team has so much talent and i think that the most important is playing well was playing well before the world cup made two good matches against Serbia and against Switzerland and against South Korea for sure the best match that Brazil had in this World Cup 
they are confident, they are playing well, they have a very good head coach, and they are a group of talent players playing as a team. Especially that first half, eh? Weren't they absolutely brilliant? But, Gustavo, if I was to ask you where this side are most vulnerable, what would you tell me? Well, if, if we talk about all offici only official mats, okay? The, Bra Brazil, the Brazilian team with Titi has lost only three mats. The last one against Cameroon uh, with the reserve team. And the other two were against Argentina in the final of Copa America 2021. And I guess against Belgium in the quarterfinals in 2018 World Cup. In these two matches, Brazil started losing. So I would say that this mental side of the game, when Brazil starts losing a match, might be a problem for them because they're not used to fight back for the result. They're not used to fight back for the advantage. So I think that this mental side of the game might be a problem if Brazil starts losing a match. I want to talk about the motivation side of things, though, Gustavo, and ask you how much Pele is a motivating factor for this Brazil team right now. He is. He is for sure. Uh, Pelé is a legend, not only for Brazil, for the whole world of football. But in Brazil, everyone loves Pelé. And when we're talking about the players, Pelé always had a very good relation with the team, with the players. When he used to work as a color commentator, he was never polemic, you know. He was always with the team, with the players. So his relationship with the world of football in Brazil is very, very good. And, you know, as I told you, he's a legend. He's a legend for every Brazilian. I, use, I, I always say that football in Brazil, or soccer, <laughs> football in Brazil is, a, is the way that the Brazilian people better, best express, express themselves, you know. Our best way to express ourselves is with football and also with dance. We have so much polemics with the Brazilian dances in the World Cup, but the best Brazilian person who expressed himself through football is Pelé. So for us, he's a legend, and for sure that he's a factor of motivation for every Brazilian player who's here in Qatar. Yeah, and of course, everybody in the football world is wishing him well as well. Croatia against Brazil, it is then coming up on Friday. Give us a prediction, Gustavo. Well, I think that Brazil, of course, is the favorite, but we'll have a very strong opponent with a very strong midfield. We have Modric, Kovacic, uh, Brozovic, who didn't train today, but he's probable for the team. I was today at the Croatia training camp. They're confident. They know that Brazil is the favorite. Zlatko Dalic, the head coach, has said that for the first time in this World Cup, they're they're going to be more attacked than they have to defend. So it's a different, completely different match for Croatia. But of course, Brazil is the favorite. I think that Brazil will have to play their football. Brazil has to attack. Brazil has to press high against Croatia. Brazil has to make themselves comfortable in the match like they felt against South Korea. Uh, Probable Brazilian team against uh, Croatia will be the same that it started against Serbia with Neymar. Alexander will probably be back also in the left back. So it's a very strong side. It's the most strong side. It's the strongest side that we have for Brazil in this World Cup. So Brazil is a favorite. I would say 2-0 for Brazil.
and Brazil continue to pump out talent as well. While we do have you here, Gustavo, we'd like to talk to you about 16-year-old wonder kid, Endrick, who's been linked to everybody, it seems. Barcelona, PSG, Chelsea, but it looks as though Real Madrid are going to get him for around 60 million euros. Gustavo, we've seen some big prospects coming out of Brazil, many of them coming to La Liga as well. You've seen some of the names here. Where does he rank among these big names and these starlets that have come from Brazil? Well, uh, Real Madrid has a very large tradition with the Brazilian players. Real Madrid has one Brazilian director who works uh, as a, also as a scout for the Brazilian players. So, Juli Calafat, that's his name. He's, he's the main reason that Real Madrid is in a good position to sign Hendrik. I, I would say, Kay, that Hendrik is, uh, is ranked right, right after Neymar, uh, right after Vinicius Jr., because he is a phenomenon. Uh, he's a very talented kid. He's only 16. He's playing professional for just a couple of, of weeks, as, as I can say. He has already oh, scored many goals. He was the revelation of the last Brazil, the Brazilian championship. If, if you ask me for a, to compare the way, how, 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 how can we explain the way that Hendrik plays? He's a center forward, but he's not the kind of traditional nine that we have in football, in, in historic football. I would say that he's more to Sergio Aguero, to Sergio Aguero, than any other center forward because he can move around the other forwards. He looks for the ball. He's very talented. He's a, he's very skillful uh, on, on, uh, to finish the the, the, the the plays in the shooting. So I would say that Andrew, I, I can affirm that he's he, he's a phenomenon. He's a very talented player. And for sure that Real Madrid knows that, every club in the world knows that. That's why he, he's, he's ranking among these, these phenomenons that we saw, like Neymar and, and, and Vinicius Jr. too. Yeah, don't worry, Gustavo. We won't tell anybody that you compared him to an Argentine there as well in Sergio Aguero. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck on Friday, Gustavo. We'll no doubt hear from you again very soon. Okay, so in other news from Brazil, Gabriel Jesus has had knee surgery. He's recovering, but he's obviously out of the World Cup and he will be out of action for around three months, it's been said so far. So with Stuart Robson here with us, I just want to ask you, Stuart, how much this is going to actually hurt Arsenal's title hopes? It will hurt it quite a bit because since he's been at Arsenal, he's been an absolute revelation. He's made forward runs. He's been brilliant with his back to goal. He's shown great enthusiasm. He's linked up the play. He hasn't scored so many goals in recent games. But right at the start of the season, he was the player that took Arsenal to that next level. You know, Arteta's got the best out of him. He wanted to be that main centre-forward. He talked last year when he was at Man City about he wanted to be a right-winger. Well, he wants to be a centre-forward, apparently, now. But he's, he's done everything right for Arsenal. And he's... He's just he's, the, the way he's run past people, the way he's got hold of the ball, the way he's linked up the play has allowed all the other players like Saka, like Martinelli to play at their very best. And the midfield players have done well, Odegaard as well. So it's a major blow, I would say, for Arsenal. Would you agree, Stevie? Yeah, a couple of old coaches I had used to say that to me. You, know, to you, you don't always have to have the ball to influence the play. And, and recently, Gabriel Jesus absolutely has epitomised that. As Robbo said, he hasn't been hitting the net the way he did at the start of the season, but the amount of space that he leaves for others, the, the times that he takes opponents away to leave space for others to come into, the likes of Odegaard in particular from the middle of the park, and even Shaka now, 
How are they going to? How are they going to make up for that? I, I, I don't think they will. So there's no question it's going to affect them as far as winning games is concerned. Well, one man who could be Arsenal-bound, according to reports. Other reports say Manchester United, but many are saying Arsenal is João Felix. What is clear is that it doesn't seem as though he has a future at Atleti in his plans. This is Hilmarin, the Atleti CEO, saying for reasons it isn't worth getting into, the relationship between João Felix and Diego Simeone, the minutes played, his motivation right now, it makes you think that the reasonable thing is that there, if there's an option that's good for the player, good for the club, we can look at it. I'd love him to stay personally, but I don't think that's the player's idea. Well, here is the player on the situation. He says, yes, I feel better while playing for Portugal. The way we play here is totally different from Atleti, and the joy is also completely different. What, <laughs> what a surprise, Anibarado. <laughs> for reasons that I don't really want to get into, I'll get into the reasons then, Hilmarin, and I'll tell you why. Joao Felix and Diego Simeone, they see the game from, from a completely, completely different point of view. Joao Felix wants to express himself. Gustavo was just talking about expressing the Brazilian players, expressing themselves. That's what Joao Felix wants to do in the field. He wants to run with the ball. He wants to go and combine. He wants to have the freedom to find those spaces and then have an impact in the final third. And Diego Simeone, meantime, is saying, yeah, I'd love you to do that too, but first, you're going to have to come back here and defend. You're going to have to win the 50-50 challenge. You're going to have to sacrifice yourself for the group. And then, if we have time, if we get a chance, perhaps you can get forward and impact the game on that side. They see it differently. They've seen it differently from the very beginning. We knew this coming in, and from the very first time that they had a back and forth, you knew that Joao Felix simply did not have a place at Atletico Madrid as long as Diego Simeone was there because Diego Simeone is not going to change. He hasn't changed and it's not about to start now. So if Diego Simeone is the manager, Joao Felix does not fit. Therefore, whether he goes to Arsenal or Manchester United for Joao Felix is, I just want out of here. Let me go somewhere else where I can play and I can actually get on the ball and express myself in the final third. Uh, should Arsenal be expressing themselves and showing an interest in this player then, Robbo? Yes, of course they should. You know, they've got Martinelli. Uh, they've got Saka playing on the other wing at the moment. Odegaard playing in that hole behind. But João Felix is another player that can go past people. And to Ali's point, you can only be an outstanding player if you can touch the ball. And, and, and Ali's absolutely right. Yes, to go and defend him, sometimes he only touches the ball 10 or 11 times in the opponent's half. He's a player that is so creative when he gets on the ball. He can see a pass as well. He can run with the ball and go past people. He can score a goal. He can play little one-twos. The person that needs to take the biggest blame for his sort of uh, not really playing at Atletico Madrid must be his agent. At what point did he think when he joined Atletico Madrid, this was going to be a free-flowing team where I can express myself week in, week out under Simeone? I'm not sure how, how, he, how he made that decision to go there. Well, if you would like to stay up to date with all the latest transfer news, and there is a lot coming because January is looming, make sure to go and check out our Transfer Talk page over on our website. Stick around because next up we will be discussing Messi and Mbappe and their respective nations in the quarterfinals. That's next. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more plus getting outside more. 
If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. And uh, Argentina-Netherlands is a big game that we're looking forward to. The Gabin Jules podcast have been covering as well the quarterfinals that are coming up. So make sure to stay up to date with that in Qatar. Just a look at the odds when it comes to Netherlands against Argentina. Historically, Netherlands have lost just one of their nine meetings with Argentina in all competitions. But in their last two World Cup meetings, both of them finished nil-nil. That was the semis in 2014 when Argentina progressed to the final on penalties and 2006 in the group stages as well. When it comes to this game, there are supposedly 50,000 Argentina fans going out to support their team. Just a few thousand Dutch fans and Shaka Hislov with us now from Qatar. Stuart Robson still with us as well. And I want to talk to you about this, the fan effect here, Shaka, because you were at that Morocco game. You saw how amazing the fans were in the stand. Is that going to play a factor in this game if it is the Argentina fans out in force and outnumbering those Netherlands fans? Yeah, if those numbers that have been reported are anywhere close to accurate, it, it will be telling. In, in the stadiums, well, I've been to the one game, as you mentioned, Kay, and really within the stadium there at, at Education City, the effect of the Morocco fans over the, the, the Spanish fans, I, I think was telling on the day and, and in particular during, during the penalty shootout. So if these numbers that have been recorded with the number of Argentine fans that are supposed to be coming along and the difference between that and the Dutch fans, yes, it, it will be telling. It'll be loud. You, they will have an effect on both sets of players. Um, that, that being said, there is still a lot of work to do. We are talking about the quarterfinals, two teams that deserve to be there. Um, and while the fan support gives Argentina a slight advantage, th this is still a long way from, from being decided. All right, so the teams, looking at them both, Netherlands and Argentina, would you say, Ale, that they're pretty even except for Messi? It feels like you're leading the witness right now. <laughs> it's almost as if you are taking me in that direction. Yeah, Ronan, why would I ever do that? Uh, I, I would suggest that Argentina's performances haven't been all that impressive. Of course, they lost to Saudi Arabia. That was a major deal. Then they play Mexico. They were slightly better. 
and then they played Poland and slightly better at that as well. And Australia, well, it wasn't all that complicated, slightly better, but it has always been stressful in all those games. It's not like Argentina has been significantly better than the team that they're playing against. And so you have to imagine that at some point, it's going to have to be better across the board. And not just Messi, but across the board, Argentina just has to play better. You have to have players outside of Lionel Messi having an impact on the game. And to that point, there's a big question mark about Rodrigo de Paul and what's his, what's his injury status. There is reports that he has a hamstring situation going on. He's come out on Instagram saying, I'm going to be all right. I'll be ready for the game. Who knows who's telling the truth? Regardless, the point is that Argentina, even with Rodrigo de Paul on the field, they haven't been all that good and all that consistent. And yes, it has come down to Lionel Messi. We expected it to be something like that. But what had made Argentina successful leading into the World Cup and what allowed Argentina to win Copa America is that, yes, Messi was always providing something special. He was providing that final touch or that final moment of brilliance. But up until that point, you had a lot going on that didn't put so much responsibility on Argentina or on Lionel Messi himself, but it allowed Argentina to be a team. They need to be a team if indeed they're going to beat the Netherlands. If I may call up another witness in Stuart <laughs> Robson to see what his thoughts are on how evenly matched these two sides are, Stuart, Netherlands and Argentina. Yeah, and, and, and Ali was talking about the front players, I presume, when he was talking about the Argentina and Messi making a difference. I look at their back four and it worries me. You know, I've watched a lot of Benfica and Otamendi in 1v1 situations can be got at. Romero, I think, is a very good player and I think he's aggressive but can be overly aggressive and makes rash decisions at times. Acuna, the left back, you know, we see him uh, playing La Liga and I'm not sure he's a top-class player. He's a decent player, but again, he can be got at and he's rash with his challenges. And Molina down the right-hand side. So I don't think they're particularly good defensively. And in the game against Poland, Poland never tried to come out, so allowed them to play. And you could say that in one or two of the other games as well. So they're going to be tested. You know, if, if the pie is at his very best, if the young can start to run the midfield and pick out his passes, if Gakpo can get on the ball and get himself turned and run at Argentina, they can cause Argentina's back four problems. But you still have to take into account the quality of Messi. And when he gets on the ball and drifts into certain areas, he's always going to be a threat. And again... As you said, he could be the difference. Are you leaning either way, Stevie? You have to go Argentina. Mm. I mean, everything that the boys have said, yes. I mean, your opening question was, is Messi the difference? A hundred percent is the difference. Mm. You know, have, have the supporting cast not been at their best on both sides? Absolutely. You know, right now we're looking at Gakpo for Netherlands. And we're looking for a guy called Messi for Argentina. So if you're a better man whatsoever, who are you putting your money on to come up trumps? You've got to go with Messi, which means you have to go with Argentina. I think it's a lot easier to go through both of these sides and tell you where there could be problems. Down the left-hand side. I mean, Blint, really? I mean, he can hardly move his legs. Slower than me. But, but as I said, All right. you, okay. you can oh, go no, with both no, sides. No. All right. Okay. okay. Maybe not that. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's it. Sorry, Daly. <laughs> so, so, yes, you can, you can criticise things on both sides. But what you can you cannot deny is the difference between the Netherlands star man and Argentina star man <laughs> is 
two different stratospheres. All right. Well, England, France will face off on Saturday in one of the other quarterfinals. The three Lions have outscored their opposition 12 to 2 so far, but it is going to be a very tough ask to keep Kylian Mbappe off the score sheet, especially with the form that he's been showing. But, Robbo, have you been impressed with what you've seen from Southgate's men so far? In certain periods of games, the first game against Iran, they played excellently, not just with the ball. They scored, obviously, the, the goals, but they won the ball back. I thought Declan Rice and Bellingham in midfield, whenever the ball uh, broke down, or they tried to play it forward Iran, they won the ball back and, and started the next move. They were very clinical in their finishing. They were very poor against USA. You know, USA, I thought, were the better side in that game. Uh, and against in the first half against Wales, they struggled to break a, a poor Welsh side down. And that was only in the second half when they scored a goal early on. And against Senegal for the first 45, or no, 35 minutes, I thought Senegal were the better team. But England have that belief. They've got quality players. The wide players, Foden and Saka, are going to probably play again. They've been in, in top form when they've been playing. Harry Kane still, you know, he's not been in his best form, but he still comes short to allow people to run beyond him. And the two midfield players, I think, have been excellent. Declan Rice and, and Jude Bellingham have been absolutely outstanding. So England have done some good things, but I don't think they've been outstanding. What about Southgate specifically then, Robbo, and the decisions he's made? Uh, Southgate is a very good man manager. I've said it many, many times. And if he picks the right side and everything's going well, he's a good manager. His problem, it's been proved over the years, is when England start to have a problem in a game. You know, if the French start to dominate the play and cause them problems, he's not quite sure how to change it. Or, or he's shown in previous big games, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't been able to change it. We saw it against Croatia. We saw it against Italy in the final of the European Championships. It's obvious to everybody he needed to make a change and what the change should be, but he doesn't do it. Now, if they play well, if they start well against France, they control the game, go one nil up maybe, I think they will probably go on and win the game. But if they, if they start poorly and France dominate, that's when he struggles to change it. So, uh, you know, I'm not overly, still not overly convinced by Southgate. Uh, let's take a look at what Matty Cash has had to say about Kylian Mbappe, shall we? This is Poland's Matty Cash. It is high praise as well, indeed, about coming up against him. He said, I said before that Sterling was my toughest opponent when we faced Manchester City. He was brilliant. Sterling's rapid, but Mbappe is electric. He's my toughest opponent by far. Kyle Walker is brilliant, and he's rapid as well, but Mbappe is on a different level. When Mbappe gets the ball, stops and moves, he's the quickest thing I have ever seen. Stevie, that is uh, some high praise indeed. And no surprise either. Are you coming to Stevie because Stevie's rapid according to himself? Faster than Daily Blind. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Listen, when you get a guy, um, there's only one way you play, and that is bring him inside to the traffic. You have to. When that ball goes to whatever side he plays on, if he turns up on the right or, or generally he'll be on the left, the whole midfield, the whole back line has to get across and bring him inside. Because you can't give him anything wide. He's just too quick. And you can't stand off him because he'll pick a pass. So all you can do is double up and get across and shove him across the field to where all the traffic is. That's your only chance. The problem is, is that when, when you fear the speed of the player, even before he shows up on the field, now you start to anticipate, you start to sort of guess as to where he's going to go so that you try to beat him to the spot. The problem with Mbappe is that he's got this dip of the shoulder move in which he looks like he is really going hard to the right and then dips over here and then goes that way and whoever is trying to pick him up 
By the time they react, he's already celebrating. So, so when you're sitting on the couch, you actually go over yourself. <laughs> yeah, he goes this way. <laughs> you and find then, yourself doing that. Watch and then that way, and no chance. It's just, it's uh, just too much. Where is he? Yes, it's just too much. And, and, and so because you know it's coming, and, and this is what I think is most impressive. You know it's coming. He can tell you that he's going to dip to the right and then take off to the left. And then you see it. You react to the right, react to the left, and he's already gone. When you cannot stop a guy, when he tells you what he's going to do, when you know full well what he's going to do and you still can't stop him, that's when you know when you're dealing with something special. So, Shaka, other than pray, what can you do when he's bearing down on goal? Not, not a whole lot, I'll be really honest with you. You're just trying to minimise the damage that Kylian Mbappe um, brings when, 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 when he's in, on the park. To, to Matty Cash's statement, Kylian Mbappe and Raheem Sterling are two very different players. Both very quick, but Mbappe is, is, is so far superior a finisher than Raheem Sterling that it's, it's, not, it, it, it's, it's just not a, a, a fair comparison. And, and to Stevie's point, as much as you want to take away the line from Mbappe, you invite him to come inside to the traffic. That's what Poland tried to do. And look what he did to them and, and with, with two incredible finishes. So I say all that to say, when you come up against talents like Mbappe, talents like a, a, a Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo in, in his pomp, it's, I, I'm not sure that you can stop them. You try to fashion a plan just to minimize the damage. And then, as, as you put it, Kay, you, you pray from there on in. Yeah, good luck to England's backline and Jordan Pickford there in goal. Anyway, Shaka will be back to answer your questions on Extra Time. And if you'd like to stay up to date with Extra Time, you can always do so by subscribing to our YouTube page. After the break, we will bring you some Eden Hazard news. And we'll also be asking if Luis Enrique should continue as Spain coach after the nation's early exit from the World Cup. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Welcome back into ESPN FC. Be sure to catch the boys on Football Americas every single day during the World Cup. Seb Herc and the Profe will have all the latest that you need to know and will no doubt be talking about Greg Berhalter and his future in the latest edition as well because when we bring you the news and notes so far, Greg Berhalter is set to begin talks with the US Soccer Federation over a new contract. Oh. Meanwhile, Hansi Flick will be remaining as Germany manager despite their World Cup group stage exit. 
exit. And Eden Hazard is retiring from international football after 33 goals in 126 appearances with Belgium. But it's Spain that we'd like to talk about as well and their future as well. Luis Enrique, they are out of the competition. He's come under a lot of criticism, not just for the way that he chooses his players that he brings, but the style in which they went out. And there's been obviously a lot of fallout in the Spanish press this morning. Just taking a look at their last five knockout round games for Spain in major tournaments. Four here have gone to penalties, they've only won one. And the other game also did go to extra time. Stuart Robson still with us, uh, Ali Moreno and Stevie Nichol here as well. Robbo, they were knocked out by Russia in 2018, obviously Morocco here in 2022. What is it that they're doing wrong? Well, they're passing for the sake of passing without enough penetration, and, and that's a major problem. When you looked at their, the, the front players that they had, not many of them are getting in the, the La Liga teams that they play for. Uh, they, they wouldn't say they're outstanding players, they're decent players. But if you pass the ball from one side of the pitch to the other and you try and play through well-organised defences who are athletic, you're going to have problems. At some point, you have to start getting crosses into the box. I think they had something 76% of the ball against Morocco and they didn't create enough chances. Most of those 13 shots that came in were late on in the game when they were playing with urgency and they started crossing balls into the box, which they should have been doing right from the start of the game. If a side wants to sit back and, and remain compact and, and not let you play through the middle, you have to go wide and get crosses into the box. You know, that's what makes Barcelona either a decent side or a very good side, is when they get crosses from Rafinha down one side, Dembele as well. Uh, and, you know, that's when they look a decent side. And Spain at the moment aren't crossing the ball enough. They aren't getting enough shots in from distance. And it's a poor understanding of the game, I think, from the manager. One of the things that we mentioned yesterday following the game was the positioning taken by Gabi and Pedri in particular, where they are essentially holding hands with their own center backs. Now, you only do that because your manager has told you to do this. The only reason that those players were in those positions was because Luis Enrique thought at one point or another, this, this is what's gonna work. And what that did was actually encourage much more so the passing from side to side to side to side again and then to side again. Sideways and back, sideways and back. And those players who are supposed to be in those playmaking positions in the between spaces are hanging out by their own center backs. That's a major issue that I have with the decision by Luis Enrique. Problem solving on the field was not happening. It wasn't coming from the sidelines. And more so than anything is that they were not having enough options in the attack. You don't have enough options because of the players you picked that you selected coming into the World Cup and those that you left out. There wasn't a plan B because there weren't players that could give you a plan B. It was a plan A, A1, A2, A3. There was never a change. And if you're not willing to change, Guess what? You become obsolete. And that's what what's, has happened with Spain and has happened with Luis Enrique in this competition. Uh, when it comes to penalties, Stevie, I would like to talk about you. It was the players picking who takes the penalties, not Luis Enrique. Now, obviously, you've managed the team. You've got to decide how this is going to work out in a penalty shootout. What do you think of that? Would you expect players to make substitutions during the game? So why would you have players picking the penalties? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it makes no sense whatsoever. 
You're taking a penalty kick, I think there's enough pressure on you to concentrate when you find out if you're taking one or not. What you're going to do, get yourself ready mentally, physically. What? On top of that, you're running around trying to figure out who's taking the next penalty. That is madness to me. Sorry. Makes All no right. sense. Going to do a quick round table then. Yes or no? Should he continue as Spain coach? Mmm. Ah. I think so. All right. I, I think he didn't have great forwards. Uh, Not because of his fault, because he couldn't choose any better ones. Well, yeah, could have picked a few to go with him. <laughs> he gone. You say no. All right. Stuart Robson, you've got the final word on this. Yes or no, does he continue? Should he continue? He's got to say no. No, he doesn't. No, he's got to go. See? <laughs> <laughs> Luis Enrique, outnumbered there. Don't forget, La Liga will be back once the World Cup is over. It lives on ESPN Plus every single game all season. You'll be able to catch, and over the New Year period, all of these games will be available for you. We are giving our pundits a clean slate when it comes mm. to predictions and the bracket. And Stevie Nichol will bring us how he sees things going after this. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, Stevie, here's your picks now with the rest of the World Cup. Talk us through them. Well, you've got to go with Argentina. Seriously, because of what we said in the show, Messi is going to be the difference. Brazil, they're going to have far too much. Croatia might have experience, but no legs. I'm going for France just because I want England to lose, to be honest with you. Uh, and Portugal, if that, team, if that team turns up again the way they did against Switzerland... Morocco's got no chance. So, there you go. Brazil will beat Argentina. Portugal will beat France. Oh. And Brazil will lift the World Cup. Oh. The first time in 20 in years? 20 years, yeah. Last yes. time was 2002. Yep. Listen, if you're watching us on ESPN2, thanks so much for being with us. If you're watching us on Plus, stick around because Extra Time is coming up next. See you there. Extra Time is brought to you by Globant. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have your questions for you. We have Shaka Hislop, we have Stuart Robson, Ali Moreno, and Stevie Nicol as well. My name's Kay Murray. First question I have, is... Well, no, no, I have, I have one question. Okay. Hashtag FC Extra Time. Does Shaka not have any other polos or he has multiples of the same one? Shaka? I've got three of these. I've got three of these polos, all the same color. I I, I don't know. I, I'll produce a bulk <laughs> Does he do, or something. Chaka, do you do laundry yourself, or do you just give it to the uh, room service to do? It's Chaka. <laughs> do you mean generally in life, or just... <laughs> oh, no. When you're away, oh, listen, I, I, only got, I, only, I only got here yesterday, home, Stevie. I know you're I, in the basement doing the laundry. I only got here yesterday, Stevie. Uh, I already got right. here yesterday. Hang on. 
Shaka has a studio yeah. named after him. Of, of as soon as he arrived, he got a ticket given straight to him. It was yeah. Alexis Nunez's ticket given to him to that Spain-Morocco game. You telling me this is a man who does his own laundry? Uh, and don't forget, it's a studio that includes a ladder. That's good. <laughs> it's a studio that includes a ladder. All right, Stevie, was, was yesterday the day that Ronaldo understood his best days are behind him? Well, I, I hope so. It, it would it would appear that that is the case. Um, he's actually behaving the way he should have done at Man United, um, but it's early days because we didn't expect the uh, tornado that appeared a couple of weeks after he <laughs> he got dropped at United. Uh, I don't expect that to happen with Portugal. Um, now, if he did that with Portugal, you're talking about a guy whose legacy would be affected because. This guy's a god in Portugal. If he was to criticise anything to do with the Portuguese national team, then that definitely would affect his legacy. So I don't see that happening, and I think the answer to the question is absolutely he has just accepted that he is no longer Betty Big Spuds. <laughs> Betty Big Spuds, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Robbo, with eight teams left, what is your dream final? The dream final, I think, would be Portugal against Brazil, as I think uh, Stevie said would be the final. I think Portugal now look a, a top side in that last game against Switzerland. They played some outstanding football, particularly when the game became open. They've got players that can pick out passes. They've got a couple of midfield players that do the, the holding job really well. Both fullbacks like to get forward, so they're a side that are beginning to develop a really good creativity side to their game. And of course, Brazil with all their star players, if they all play at their very best. You know, we don't always see Rafinha play at his best for Barcelona. He's inconsistent. Uh, Richarlison doesn't always get in the Tottenham side. Vinicius Junior has been outstanding over the last couple of years. And Neymar, you're never quite sure what you're going to get, but that would be a great final, I think. Ale, who's been the most important player to their team in the World Cup and which individual performance has been the best so far? We've talked about Messi, how important he has been to Argentina. We've talked about Mbappe, obviously, and how important he has been to France. Variol for Croatia. He has been outstanding as a centre-back. We don't usually give love to defenders in this show. Let's give some love to him. And there's been a lot of important performances. And in terms of a team, what we have seen from Morocco and how they work for each other defensively, and how much they are willing to sacrifice for each other defensively. That's not easy to do. So I would highlight that as well. But in terms of individual performance, I would say those three that I just mentioned. All right. Um, if Mbappe wins two back-to-back -back World Cups with potentially being the best player in both tournaments, does this officially put him on the same pedestal as the greatest players to have ever played the game? Shaka is the man to answer this one, as he is the man who has all the talk when it comes to the GOATs. Why, 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 why you come to me? Why, I, I don't understand well, why you keep doing this to me, Kate. We like to, we like to see what you have to say on special documentaries about these wow. top-level players. Wow. <laughs> wait, wait, how, how we get there? How we get there, I do not know. No, I'm, I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer this before Kate digs any deeper. I'm not sure where she's going with, with that last question. Or, um. Yes, if, if France wins this and Mbappe continues to be as important as, as he has been so far for France, yes, he has to be in that discussion 
long term. He's, he's still only 23, so there's still a lot more for his body of work to, to, to develop and to compare with, with, some of, with, with, with some of those greats. But yes, he has to be in, on the radar. Let's, let's leave it there. And please don't ask any more about documentaries or anything of the sort, Kay. Oh, well, let me ask you this then. What if he does win the World Cup again, but he doesn't win the Champions League? Oh, here we go. Uh, ask me about the documentary or something, Kay. Let's, let's just go back to the documentaries. Yeah. Dr. Hislop. Oh, it's another question for you, Shaka. Oh, here we go. Ooh. Dr. Hislop, if you had to face one of your co-panelists yes. in a World Cup shootout, as Dan says, a winner-take-all match, who would you least want to face? Prime Robbo, Prime Ale, or Prime Stevie? Mm. Oh, who would I least want to face? But given, given, uh, given Stevie's records and penalties, I'd want to face Stevie most. Give him, give him some of the show today. I, I want to race against Stevie the least because apparently he was really <laughs> rapid. Rapid. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, least I am going to go. I'm going to go Ali because I have to sit in the studio with, with Ali and Robbo is off somewhere swans mm -hmm. tanning himself, so I'd have to, I don't have to live up to, to explaining anything to Robbo. Um. <laughs> Don't usually speak in the third person, but Prime Ali has scored on Shaka history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Robbo, is, is he saying. underestimating Prime Robbo? Uh, not in, when it comes to penalties, he's not, because I never took one, and I didn't want to take one either. I made goalkeepers, <laughs> I made goalkeepers look magnificent. A lot of goalkeepers made their best ever saves against me because I struck it quite nicely. But I was too predictable, apparently, and goalkeepers always made great saves. That was the story of my life, really. <laughs> I actually missed a penalty in my testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> the testimonial. I'll tell you what happened as well. So a guy called Eric Nixon was in goals for the opposing team. Now, Eric used to play for Tranmere. He was at Everton for a spell. And so when the penalty happened, and it wasn't even a penalty, because as in testimonials, they always want to get a penalty for whoever it is to take the penalty and score. Right. So we get a penalty in front of the cop, and I've got the ball in my hand, I'm walking towards the penalty spot, and I'm looking at Eric to try and tell Eric I'm doing this, to try and tell him where I'm going. So I stopped doing that, and then I see Eric doing this with his hands, putting his hands out, to see basically where are you going. But by this time, the referee's going, well, are you going to take this penalty or what? <laughs> so I'm trying to tell Eric again, I'm doing this with me head. And I don't know whether Eric thinks I've got a twitch or something, or there's something wrong with me. <laughs> and as I'm running up to it, I'm waiting for him moving, and he's standing looking at me. And he sort of moved to go that way, so I thought, he must be going that way. And I played it that way, and then he went that way. And then it hit the post, ran along the line, and then came out. Seriously. I think you Can made you the right decision, Shaka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the referee should let it take it over, Stevie, surely. Well, that's what I was thinking, but we'll we probably end up digging through the same room <laughs> <all> again. <laughs> probably better I'd left. Did you tell did you tell Eddie, hey, I was giving you this? I, I don't know. Of course I did after the game I went, I was trying to tell you, he went, I was trying to tell you. <laughs>
I got it. Like, is it like when you're watching Mbappe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The next one says Stevie, and it's just a photo. Oh. Oh, what, what's a photo? Well, is it? I don't know. Are they going to show us Wait a picture? Oh, the drama is killing me. Hmm? What's a picture? Whoa. What are we waiting for? <laughs> what are we waiting for? Ah, no, oh, hey, hold on. You, you see, here's the thing, right? You can't see the trampoline for the question. See it? What? That would be. Well, I'm going to guess that's Martinez. Yeah, Martinez yeah. Uh, jumping very, very high. Well, which the means his height does not matter. The problem is, is the guy he's playing against is on his way down. <laughs> he mistimed the jump. Seriously. He mistimed the jump. Seriously. <laughs> 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 he never admitted. See the way she looked at you? She was very disappointed with you. No, I was never. Just, she's trying to take over from Dan being the smarty pants. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do with you, right? Next time, when are you on again? Tomorrow? No. Right, next time you're on, I'll go and find you a picture of the opposite way around where he's getting beat. Robo. And then I'll go with that. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> just because oh, I only want a header. Stevie thinks Martinez is too small for the Premier League, Robbo. Robbo. Uh, well, I, I'm not a Martinez fan. I think he's, he's a decent player, but he's not a great player. Otamendi's playing in the Argentinian side in front of him. And Otamendi, at the moment, I don't think can run and can't defend in 1v1 situations. Martinez has done OK for Manchester United. He's not the great play, player people are telling him. It's not just his height. I don't think he's particularly quick either. I, I gotta say, that picture... So, I'm, just, I'm sorry. Come on, what are you going to say to that? No. So, so wait a minute. We've got Robbo, you got me, you got Frank, who've all said the same thing. <laughs> have you anything to... Now that we're back in court... Have you anything Frank? To oh, sorry, so you, so you yeah. and Robbo are the voices of reason of all football. Well, I'm afraid, I'm afraid you've got... And Frank. You've and got Frank. three players, <laughs> Frank, me and Robbo, who between us have got uh, 1,400 league games have all said the same thing. And, and, and you and Dan are trying to, try to turn around and say, oh, look at this, he won a header. Oh, clever boy, well done. And if, maybe maybe and Ten Hag will learn something. If we, can, if we can, can cross-examine that picture, I can actually make the argument that McLaren has already won the header and Lisandro Martinez is actually on his way up. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not even joking here. I, my client may have won the header already, and Martinez is coming late to the challenge in that header. That's usually be able to bimba spot the ball. Yeah, I do. So, I don't know. In the UK, in the newspaper, every Sunday, there was a picture like that, mm -hmm. and it was called Spot the Ball. And what you did was you had to make a mark and send it in, try and win the money mm -hmm. to where the ball was. Right. And, of course, the ball was taken away. Right. So you had to kid on where the ball was. Right. And of course, <laughs> whenever the, we following, won. the following week, the ball was way over in the corners. <laughs> <laughs> the ball was way over there somewhere. Yeah. Nobody ever won it. Yeah. Nobody ever won it. <laughs> Nobody ever won it. All right, yesterday, uh -huh. Craig mentioned that Craig Brown told the Scotland team that Hearts had turned down Bebeto six months before the World Cup, and he used this as a motivation tactic as well. So, what's the craziest thing a manager ever told you? Oh. Or in Stevie's case, what's the craziest thing you ever told your team? No, no. I'll tell you what, we had a manager called Andy Roxburgh. And we were, we were it was a qualifying game against France for the 1990 World Cup. And we were playing them in Paris. 
qualifier and he comes in before the game with your team sheet. And number nine or number 10 is Eric Cantona. Now at this stage, I think, I'm not sure, I think Eric was still at lead. And Andy Rocks has come in and did the same thing as Craig Brown's done there. He's gone to everybody and went, this guy up front, Eric Cantona, he said he's a poor man's Joe Jordan. Who? <laughs> no, Joe Jordan was, a, was an old-fashioned Scottish striker. Fantastic in the air, held the ball up. You know, pretty much did everything that, that Eric didn't do. <laughs> Until he did the same one. And he said that he was a poor man's Joe Jordan, and that was Eric Cantona, who 12 months later was arguably the best player in world football. Scary. What about you, Robbo? What's the craziest thing a manager ever told you? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it was the craziest thing, but getting something wrong. We had a, uh, it was early on in my career, we were playing um, D um, Dynamo Moscow. No, what were they called? Spartak Moscow at the time. And Wilf Dixon, the head coach uh, and chief scout, went along to watch them play. And he came back and said, he went to every player and he said, he's pedantic, he can't run, he can't do this, he can't do that. He, they're, they're poor, they're rubbish. They thrashed us 7-2 over two legs and half their team were the Russian national team or the USSR at the time, who were great players. Desayev was in goal for them. They were magnificent. And uh, he told that every one of their players was rubbish and couldn't play. So that, was, uh, that wasn't, wasn't the best Did Craig tell inside. you the other one that Craig Brown said against Brazil? This is the one, right? No, no, no. On top of that, so what happened was they left the dressing room. So Scotland are walking out, you know, you got Craig with his teeth out, you know, you got half the team with the, short, the, 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 the socks down, half the team with the shorts pulled away up there, half the team got blonde hair, like dyed blonde hair, like, and of course they're coming out and they're playing against uh, the Ronaldo, all that team, they're immaculate, they're holding hands like this, they're walking out with this, and Mr Brown's going past all the, all the Scotland players going. Look at them. Look at them. They're absolutely scared stiff of you. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're scared stiff of us. Yeah, right. Uh, Shaka, have you got any stories like this? Yeah, so I, let, let, I, I love Harry, Harry Redknapp. Let me just say that off the top. Incredible man manager. But you knew every single one of Harry's pre-game team talks. He would always come in looking at the other team's team sheet and go, I wouldn't have one of them in this team. Not one. Playing at Pompey, just get promoted. We played against Manchester United. I mean, this is when, you know, man, you had Van Nistelrooy and Keane. And, I mean, Harry comes in, he goes, I wouldn't have one of these. I wouldn't have five or six of these in this team. And Paul Merson just says, behave yourself, gaffer. And Harry, <laughs> and the whole dressing room just breaks down laughing. Even Harry, he just goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. Good luck, lads. All the best out there. <laughs> that, and that was it. That was it. <laughs> well, there, there's been a few over the years, but in Copa America 2011, we began the tournament, the tournament against Brazil. And it's Brazil when Neymar was just coming out and becoming the player that he now is. And at that point, he had sort of this uh, kind of, the hair just kind of standing up sort of thing. He had like a mohawk, faux hawk sort of thing going on. And our manager at the time 
was making fun of Neymar in the pre-game preparation, in the pre-game speech, and say, this guy's just a YouTube star, this guy's this, this guy's that. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I understand what he's trying to do, but do you really think that people in this locker room are not able to see past this, to see through this? Because the moment that you get out on the field <laughs> and you start seeing Neymar running circles around people, it's like, well, he's actually pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good, this guy. He took it a step further. <laughs> At halftime, we're walking into the locker rooms and obviously all, all the players sort of convene in the same space and Venezuela goes to the right, Brazil goes to the left. And he's getting in a shouting match with Neymar. And he's calling all sorts of things and names as if he's like, talking to Neymar was gonna get him off his game or some sort, and Neymar was looking at him as if like, who, who, who are you? What, what are you? Why are you talking to me? Go talk to your team sort of thing. <laughs> hey, we tie 0-0, zero, zero, baby. <laughs> we tie 0-0. Zero, zero. He was right. He was right. We, we stopped Neymar. That day anyways. Was your manager Shaka Hislop? Absolutely, of course, had to be. Look at Neymar, he's nothing. <laughs> he's <What>? nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, is it worth hey, to be Stevie, on the Stevie, you're right. And Stevie, you're right. Hold on, let me just say, Stevie, Kay's tried to take over from Dan for Smarty Pants. I'm <laughs> with you there, Stevie. It. <laughs> it's no, been building. It's been building up and building unreal. up. No, it's, unreal. Unreal. No, it's, it's beginning to get its head it, above, it, it has been building. above the fire pit now. He's the king. I'm never going to take that role over. Never called Dan Thomas the king. I've, I've been a smarty pants. Oh. He's the king. No, no but don't but do that. Never call him. Don't don't do that. Put yourself. <laughs> Kate, put yourself. He's not a good example, Dan. Don't take any notice of what Dan does. <laughs> <laughs> Just do your own thing. This is the Robbo documentary. Uh, Robbo, is it worse to be on the bench when it's very hot or very cold? Oh, oh it's, it's worse to be on the bench when it's very cold. I mean, I've got to say, because uh, when I when I first started playing, there was only uh, 12 players playing. You had 11 on the pitch and one sub. And I wasn't sub very often. I think it was only, only a couple of times in my career when I was young. And one of them was, uh, I was 17, and we were playing at Sunderland. And anybody that know, that uh, is listening, <laughs> Sunderland is a cold place. Windy, cold, Roker Park was a horrible place. And in those days, you didn't have the big tracksuits. You had to wear just a, a tracksuit top. You still had your shorts and socks on. I was praying that I never got on. I was absolutely rigid, frozen. It was a, it was a horrible experience, <laughs> which I didn't want to have too many times. Does anybody actually say very hot to that? I hope no. not. No, okay, no. No, I told you the one, I was. I came on with 10 minutes to go, very United, one of my first games. 10 minutes at Arbroath. And the, the, the stadium is by the North Sea. The actual stand across from where you sit has the North Sea five yards behind it. And I'm sat there, as Rob was said, with a pair of shorts and my boots and socks on. And I came out, I couldn't feel my feet. <laughs> I'm running around, I couldn't feel my feet. Just horrendous. You know, some idiots run into the North Sea on Boxing Day for Oops. fun. Huh. I did that once. Oh, and there it is. Public and there it is. That's to myself. And, and there it is. I lost a bet. I lost a bet. But let me tell you, it you was cold. cold. And what was the bet? Well, Stevie I mean, went in and they harpooned him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a silly bet. It was a bet that if Middlesbrough beat Manchester United on penalties because I didn't believe it would happen, that's what I'd do. And it was paying ode to Bernie Slaven. Bernie oh, Slaven. No. But he'd done something very different to running into the North Sea. 
When he'd said on the radio years before, well, if Middlesbrough beat Manchester United, I'll show my backside oh, in, the, in the local department store window. Yeah, well. well, obviously, I'm not going to do that. No. So they asked me, what would you do? And I said, all right, I'll run into the North Sea on Boxing Day. And I did it. Why well, 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 change the habits of a lifetime, Kate? Why change the habits of a lifetime? <laughs> exactly, but Bernie did show his backside <laughs> in the window. The window. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. What else have you done? <laughs> no, he, he, he does show quite a lot of himself on his Instagram and Twitter yeah. page. I don't know where you're going with this, Kay. That's all I'm saying. All right, Shaka, how did you prepare to face penalty kicks besides obviously in practice? Did you watch film of the other team or have a staff assistant give you stats on the opponents or maybe no research at all? and you just watch their body language before they shot? Um, you try to... to and, and, and this is the thing. Like back, in, back in those days, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have a whole lot of video footage, so you would just try to find out you know, where players generally, generally went. Um, and then, and then you, you, you try to read the body language from there. So you had limited research and, and read the body language. But in, in, in terms of penalty shootouts, and, and you see this time and time again, it, it's out of the five, it's, well, say, say in international football, you have one or two who regularly take penalty kicks. The others, you just have no research on because they don't take penalty kicks. To, to the penalty shootout between Morocco and Spain. When last has Sergio Busquets taken a penalty for anybody, club or country, I, I'm not sure that you have a whole lot to go on in, in terms of, of prior research, so it really comes down to read, trying to read the player, trying to guess what their favourite side is and, and get some cues from their body language. Was Shaka partaking in shootouts in the 1950s? Was there no internet in 2006? Was there? Huh? Come on, I didn't Shaq. go there, Shaka. Come on, Shaq. I retired in 2006! I retired <laughs> well, in 2006! Fine, was there no internet in 2005, Shaq? One, uh, one penalty What was that? There was, there, let me, I faced one penalty shootout, so 2006. Before that, before, before, the two, before 2000, 2006, the last penalty shootout I would have faced would have been probably around 2000. And, and I, I, I didn't have internet at that point. Ay, ay, ay. Let's let it go, shall we? Oh, what about the FA Cup final? I'm just let asking the go. questions. That was 2006. That was 2006. Jackie, do, do you still agree with Stevie that I'm the smarty pants on set? No, I'm just asking questions. I'm curious as to where Shaq had lived in 2006 that had no internet. But I, but but that was one. That was one pair to shoot out, and I generally, <laughs> as I said, before two thousand and before two thousand and six, before two thousand and six, the last pair to shoot out that I faced was probably around two thousand. That's all I said. Ay, ay, ay. And he said that he would least like to face you in a penalty shootout. I, I, I don't know. Hey, Kay, I don't uh, know I, why I, you're I, bringing I, this up, Kay. I, at least I, tried to I catch up with Kay. No, no, Ali's not at all. I am concerned about Kay and Ali's her going to dipping in the North Sea. I, that's Final question is for Robbo. Do you moisturize your head every night? Oh, we'll here we go. Ah, see now, whoever asked the question obviously uh, doesn't know the, the full answer. I have to moisturize my head every night and three times a day because here's the warning. 
If you're bald, do not go out in the sun when you're on holiday. Do not go out in the sun when it's boiling hot because you'll get marks on top of your head and they can prove dangerous. And I've had to have many moles and marks removed from my head. So I have to put moisturizer cream with factor 100 in it to protect my head. There you go. There you go. I wonder what Frank LaBeouf, who made it cool to be bald and acceptable and set the trend on shaving well, the whole head, has to say about this. What you say? I don't make it cool this. to be bald, Well, then. Frank LaBeouf claimed on the show, oh, Robbo, that he, that, he was, that. that he was the one who made it okay to be bald, in basically, Frank, in, in, in France. Frank, he basically said, I was sat here, Frank said he made it cool to be bald in France. Okay. I mean, he was the first. Yeah. He was the first. Yeah. It all off. There were no bold people before Never, ever, Frank. Ever. Oh. Oh. But That's I wonder he if he moisturises it as much as Robbo does. Listen, thank you so much for sending in your questions and your tweets today and for answering them all. And I'm really sorry, Shaka, for the way Ale treated you during today's episode. Uh, that's um, <laughs> shifting blame. Shifting blame, Kay. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you are. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.